my grandpa had a cabin in New Hampshire, so when I was growing up, every summer we'd go up there for a week or more, and a lot of years we would make the epic pilgrimage to L.L. Bean in Freeport, Maine. And, I mean, L.L. Bean was amazing. Inside the store, inside the store was like a small pond or lake they had built so you could try out a kayak or a canoe before you took it home. Um, and, and floors and floors of outdoor gear. And uh, it was fun to shop there because you knew whatever I buy here has a 100% lifetime guarantee. See, back in 1912, old Leon, Leon Wood Bean, uh, he made this promise. If you are not 100% satisfied by our product, bring it back. Anytime, for any reason, no questions asked. Now, other stores, you know, maybe give you a week or 30 days. Some might even give you a year. But nobody gives you life except L.O. Bean. And so there was the customer, for example, who did a really bad job strapping his L.O. Bean chair up on the roof of his car when he was driving away. It fell off in the middle of the highway and busted into pieces. L.O. Bean gave him store credit. Then there was the other guy who, starting in sixth grade, he, he bought a backpack from L.L. Bean, or maybe his parents did, and every five years he would just return the backpack and get a new one. <laughs> it's like a rental. The, gar the guarantee was so 100% and, and so amazing and absolute that in recent years people really began gaming the system. There was a customer who was going to a fish concert outdoors, and so he stopped at L.L. Bean on the way to the concert, bought all his outdoor gear, went to the concert for a few days, came back and, and returned all the gear. And then there was the guy who found an L.L. Bean jacket at a Goodwill store for 10 bucks, returned it for $360 in store credit. So over one five-year period, L.L. Bean tallied it up, and they had lost over $250 million on products that people returned that could not be resold. They were so bad. They couldn't even be donated. They were so bad. And so, four years ago, in 2018, L.L. Bean finally surrendered and revoked its lifetime guarantee. Now you've got to return it within one year. You know, you and I live in a world where we really so want to be able to have 100% confidence for life in something. Something. And we can't. We want something to last forever and always like be there for us, but nothing does that. And that makes us anxious. Of course it does. Uh, today, oftentimes when I, I go to a wedding, it is, it's actually rare for us, Karen and me, to hear a, a young couple make lifetime irrevocable vows. That is the exception. And because today, people feel this existential sense that, yeah, things probably aren't going to work out. Who knows if they're going to work out? And so instead of vows, what I hear more often these days are, are along the line of wishes. So it's like, I remember one bride's, um, uh, the lines that she said to her groom were something like, I hope that we will always be able to walk hand in hand across the beaches of life. Which was sweet, but you could tell she wasn't like quite sure, like, is this really, <laughs> it's going to work. So even on this day of amazing joy, there's this like little thread of anxiety that I was like picking up. Or how about money? Right now, anybody like worried just a little bit as the S&P <laughs> has dropped 
since its January high. And you know what? You and I have absolutely no control over that. None. And the truth is, stuff that you've saved up for and, and are really counting on being there might or might not be. Even our, even our loved ones. I mean, one of COVID's painful teachings over the last few years is that a small number of virus molecules can take away someone we dearly love. And we can't do anything about that. So here's the question for tonight, friends. How can you or I ever have peace when everything ends, everything runs down, everything wears out, everything is taken away? Well, right now in life, let's make this more personal. What are you feeling anxiety about? When you came tonight, what is something you're feeling some troubled heart about? Think for a moment, if you would. I know what mine is. Do you have yours? Got a nod? Okay. Would you like to live with greater peace about that? I know I would. So tonight, let's look at what Jesus told his followers when they were anxious, when they were troubled, and they were afraid. And his words are for every one of us. We need them like we need oxygen. Jesus says these words on the last night of his earthly life. He and his friends have just eating, finished eating dinner together in this room up on the second floor, and oil lamps are flickering over in the corner, there's a basin of some muddy brown water and a, a towel with a lot of smudges of dirt on it. And after dinner, Jesus looks around the table and he says to his friends things like, I'm leaving you. I don't have much more time to talk to you. Where I'm going, you can't come. And so all of Jesus' friends now are feeling really anxious because they don't know what's going on. They can't really figure it out, but they can tell that this most important person in their life, the one that they've been following every day for three years, uh, is obviously headed off somewhere. And they're worried. They're afraid. So to help them, Jesus makes them a 100% lifetime guarantee. He uses words like always. You will always be with me where I am. Always. You will not find a place where you are not with Jesus Christ. You can't. You can run. He'll, he'll run with you. He uses the word never. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. You can grieve the Spirit, and yet the Spirit is still there for you the moment you awaken from that. He makes these strong, bold promises, and, and, and the words are all of family and of home. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will be like your parent. I will be your provider. I will be your protector. And he says, and my father and I will come and make our home with you. The father and I will make our home with you. We want to live with you. And then based on this 100% guarantee, Jesus tells them, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Peace, that's my gift. I want you to have it. And you can have peace because I'll always be with you. 
Well, let's unwrap this gift a bit so we know exactly what Jesus is giving us. The main thing he tells us about it is that it's a kind of peace the world cannot give. It's different from that. And I think that's because the world's peace is based on your situation or mine. It's based on the circumstances. So if we happen to be in a good situation right now, we feel pretty much at peace. The challenge is, we know, don't we, that even a good situation could get worse. (laughs) And so we never have complete peace. But the peace that Jesus gifts to you and to me and to all who follow him is not based on our situation. It's based on his presence and his commitment to always be with us. He says, you'll always be with me. I will not abandon you. Now, I don't know what worry, how worry works for you, but when, when I worry, what I usually do is I project myself into some future situation and that would be bad. And I'm thinking about that, and I get overwhelmed, and I'm like, oh, how will I ever deal with that? For example, some days my mind gets worrying. You know, Karen might someday need uh, long-term care. And you know what? I might. Well, how, does, how do people pay for one person to go to long-term care, let alone two? But what I'm not projecting into that situation or any other is the 100% guarantee of Jesus Christ. My spirit will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will come to you. You will always be with me. I don't project that forward. So it works like this. My situation equals anxiety, but my situation plus Jesus equals peace. So what is that worry that's troubling you right now? What if by faith you projected into that the reality that Jesus has promised, you will always be with me. I will not abandon you. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. The Father and I will make our home with you. This is the God who can get water out of a rock. (laughs) So whatever, however rocky your situation is, he'll be there with you. Now, friends, you and I, there's so much we cannot control in life. A loved one might hurt us or walk out. Our job might be downsized. The doctor's lab results might not be good, which is exactly why in the world peace is so fleeting. It's like a soap bubble. And Jesus, in a world like that, says, my peace is not like that. My peace is solid because I don't leave. You can count on me. Uh, four years ago, I, uh, I called Steve McNeely, who many of you know, one of our members here, and I said, Steve, I know you're super busy at work right now, which he was, and it's hard for you to get off, and what I'm asking would have to be a vacation day for you, And I don't want to take any vacation days from your time with Joanne, but Karen's going in for spine surgery. And I said, I'm really anxious about that because if the surgeon shows up and has a hiccup, it could end up really bad. Any tiny slip. He's shown us the images. I know how tiny those those tolerances are. I just need you to sit with me at the hospital. And Steve goes, okay. And I'm not believing that he's really going to do that. So I keep going. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm probably going to be a terrible conversationalist. 
I'm going to be hyped up. I'm going to be scattered. I'm going to be jumping out of my chair to go check the patient update board. I may not want to talk to you at all. You might take the entire day off work and come sit next to me, and I'm going to spend it all day playing Scrabble on my phone. <laughs> and Steve says, what hospital? When do you need me there? Friends, Jesus Christ makes this promise to you and to me. Wherever you are and you need somebody with you, he'll be there. He's got you. He's just asking what time. Now, right about now, you may be wondering, if Jesus is always with us, why do I not always feel that? Why is that? Well, this is a great question. And I want to suggest a couple reasons. The first reason why I think we don't always feel Jesus' presence is medical. Medical. And this allows me to say something that I think too often gets left out of sermons on peace. When we hear the word peace, we usually think it means absence of anxiety, which is natural. But if you're a person like me who has suffered from panic attacks or who is on meds for anxiety, then you feel bad about yourself. Not helpful. But if we have anxiety, our responsibility is to seek help. But we are not responsible for the times when our neurochemistry decides to go off on its own merry way. Okay? But it's right then that the promise of Jesus comes to us and means even more. He reassures us, even in the midst of a panic attack, I'll be with you. Even then. I think that uh, this medical reason also kicks in uh, uh, for those times when you've recently lost a dear loved one. Many, many times I talk with somebody in that journey of deep grief, and they, they often talk about the same experience that C.S. Lewis had when his wife Joy died of cancer, which is a feeling kind of like this. Why is it, God, that when I need you most, I feel you least? And I think the answer may be medical, that grief so depletes you, it so sort of tamps down uh, your normal sort of receptors and capacities that you don't have the same sensory perception of God's presence as you otherwise might. But that doesn't change God's promise at all. He is with you, he's with me every day. He'll be with you every day on that journey through grief. Whether you sense that or not, and I usually tell people, you know what? You're probably not going to feel like coming to worship. Your heart's not going to agree with that. But here's what I recommend. Just show up. If all you can do is get up and walk forward and, and receive bread in your hands, do that. Do that. And you know what's going to happen? You're gradually, almost imperceptibly, you're going to get better. And the day will come where you actually feel your heart lighten up and want to worship again. And I've seen it time and time again. Yeah. Well, okay. And here's the beautiful thing about that. Uh, when you do return where you have the capacity to sense God's nearness, your relationship with him will have gone through a lot, but it'll be so much deeper. Which brings me to a second reason why we don't always feel God's presence. It's not medical. I think I'll call it relational. Every soul who loves God will at some time experience what the Bible's Song of Songs describes this way. I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him, but did not find him. 
What is going on? Why would Jesus not be found for a time? And I think the answer comes on this very night when Jesus gives his gift of peace. He tells his friends things like, where I'm going, you can't come. And I'm going away, but I'll come back. Jesus is actually referring to three different coming, goings and comings. Three different ones. And stay with me here because I think they reveal really something core to our relationship with Jesus. All right, so Jesus' first going and coming that he's talking about is my death and resurrection. So I'm going to be going where you can't come. I'm going into death this week, and I will be away from you. But I'm coming back in my resurrection, and I will appear to you. In a few weeks, we'll be eating breakfast on the beach together. I'm going, and I'm coming. His second going and coming is, I will leave you on ascension when I return to my Father. But I will be coming to you when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you, and my presence then will live inside you. Okay, and the third going and coming is his heavenly reign right now, and then his earthly reign. Right now, Christ is at the Father's right hand praying for you. Whatever that thing is that you're worried about, he's praying. He's, he's on the intercessory prayer team. And, um, and he's not visible, though, to us. And in that sense, he's gone. We walk by faith, not by sight. But this is part of the time of Christ's heavenly reign. One day, he's going to return in great power and great glory and rule on a new earth. And we will co-rule with him in new resurrection bodies. He will be our light and our joy. And he makes this promise, I'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. All those things that caused you trouble, there'll be no more of that. No more crying. No more pain. Now, here's what I'm getting to. Every time that Jesus goes and comes it's so that his relationship with you and with me can go to an even deeper, better level. Follow this. When he dies and comes back again, what does that mean? Now our relationship is not just while he's alive, I'm alive. It's whether you're alive or you're dead. Jesus is there. He went into hell and back. He'll be there. He went into Hades, the world of the dead. If you die, he'll be with you. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. And you'll be with him actually in an, uh, an amazing uh, new way, actually. All right. And then the second, when he ascends to heaven and comes by the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, think about this. Jesus used to only be physically present somewhere. So if he was over in Samaria and you were down here in Galilee, or up here in Galilee, you weren't together. But now through the Holy Spirit, he's always with us. He resides in us. Okay, that's a major new improvement. And then finally, though Jesus in his heavenly reign is not visible to us, he's preparing for the day when he answers the prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And on that day, we will actually see what our hearts have longed for we will have the most full experience of Jesus Christ that will be possible to have. So, do you see how every going of Jesus actually leads only to a better coming, 
a deeper and sweeter experience of God. So when you and I, I think the same thing applies on a micro level to your life and to mine. When you and I feel, Jesus, where did you go? Why can I, I not get a sense of you? We can be sure that just as he promised, he's with us. He said, I'm not abandoning you. I'm not going to leave you. But when we sense that again, our relationship with him will be deeper and it'll be purer and it'll be stronger. Let me uh, just close then with this pastoral word. Friends, you do not have to be perfect at not letting your heart be troubled. Of course, you're going to worry. I'm going to worry. Just pick yourself up, keep coming back and saying, Jesus, right now I'm troubled. Would you sit here with me? Would you help me see this in a different way? I'm projecting all the trouble, but I'm not projecting that you are there and you make all the difference. When I don't feel you, would you remind me that you, you never can or ever will abandon me, that that's a 100% lifetime guarantee? I, I love the fact that on this final night with his followers, he tells them twice. He, it doesn't bother him to have to tell them twice. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Oh yeah, don't let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> Jesus is giving us a rare gift and a precious gift something we can't get anywhere else, and it is a peace that is based on him. Amen.